I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. We've all come home after work, craving for some comfort food, but too tired to cook. And on those very nights, two-minute noodles come to our rescue and tide us over until bedtime. And here's the deal: it doesn't matter if you prefer the humble Maggie or the fancier Bulldog. We are all slurping down more of these zippy instant noodles lately. I mean, we must be because look at the growing market. Ramen has grown in popularity across the world, riding on the Japanese and Korean culture waves. According to the Guardian, last year the world consumed 121.2 billion servings of instant noodles and India came third in the race. Looks like our not so hard work paid off after all. The rise in consumption was led by countries with a tradition of eating noodles, of course, but countries such as the US and Mexico have also seen growing demand as people adjust to the rising cost of living. The Guardian reported that Japanese food company Nissin Foods is planning to invest as much as 228 million dollars into expanding production in the US in a bid to keep up with demand. And even though the price of instant noodles has increased by 20% over the last 2 years, people are still turning to it as an easy fix to a tight budget. An industry expert told the newspaper that with a growing population of young people in places such as Africa and India, Global consumption of instant noodles is only set to increase further. After all, easy to cook 2-minute noodles are a staple food for college students everywhere around the world. For the next few minutes, you're going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I'm Manaswini and this is the deep dive for 22nd November 2023. In India, Netflix and Prime Video have abandoned quite a few finished films and web shows, leaving them to languish unseen. Prime Video for instance never released the 9 episode web series titled Government, which was shot in India, London and Thailand. Netflix has also confirmed earlier this year that it has no plans to release Dibakar Banerjee's film Tees. Plus, the Washington Post reported that a documentary film titled Indira's Emergency in which Netflix has invested more than 1 million dollars won't see the light of the day either. Furthermore, Netflix has shelved an adaptation of Maximum City which was to be held by Anurag Kashyap. Well for those still missing what is cooking here, I'm here to spell it out. Netflix and Prime Video have slipped into the confines of self-censorship, tiptoeing cautiously away from anything controversial, be it politics, religion or caste. The Washington Post reported that executives at the India offices of Netflix and Prime Video asked filmmakers to remove references to religion and rework political plots. Projects that deal with India's political fault lines are politely declined, or as was the case with Anurag Kashyap's adaptation of Maximum City, which dropped midway through development. And the irony is that it has seemingly become some sort of a case study which should be studied and replicated across the world. According to the Washington Post, in May this year, a Netflix India team gave a presentation to executives from Europe and Latin America in which they taught how Netflix needed to be quote on quote more malleable to local regulation. So not only is India exporting top-notch tech talent, 
it's also peddling slick styles of self-censorship overseas. But whatever happened to the revolution that OTT was supposed to bring in? So now the question is, when did it all go downhill? Well, the year was 2021 and Amazon Prime's Tandav lived up to its name off-screen as well. In nine states, activists filed complaints against the show, its creators, its crew, as well as Prime's top executive, Aparna Purohit. The complaint was that the show mocked a Hindu god in one scene. And when Purohit sought protection from arrest, an Uttar Pradesh judge, as reported by The Post, declared that she was trying to earn money in the most brazen manner by mocking Hinduism. The Washington Post also pointed out, quoting Purohit's friends, that after the backlash, Prime Video scrambled to shelter Purohit, whisking her away into safe houses. The cases are still pending and Purohit can't leave India without permission of the Indian police. So the American streamers learned their lesson and went into self-censorship overdrive. A former Netflix India executive even told The Post that in 2021, Netflix India chief Monica Sherhill told the global leaders that India office should avoid risks or they might also face the possibility of jail. And what's more tragic about self-censorship is that filmmakers cannot even appeal to the courts. So basically, creative freedom stands stifled. But our senior editor, Soumya Gupta, argues that self-censorship is the only way forward if OTT platforms want to stay in business in India. See, self-censorship isn't new to India. Um, The early days of the TV industry, for example, in the 90s, uh, India was known for very provocative or hard-hitting shows made by some of the best-known faces of independent film industry, for example. But eventually, as we saw, uh, the TV industry started moving towards SNP or Standard and Protocol, which is set by the government that bans the mention or use of certain things, particularly obscenity, sexual imagery or references, uh, references to caste, religion, creed, etc. So it became a sanitized version of entertainment. The OTT industry, when it first rose in India, was seen as a, a welcome refuge from the stifling censorship of the TV industry. But... The unfortunate part is that this government has found a way to create conditions that mimic what happens in TV and film. Films have to be passed by the CBFC, the so-called censor board. So there will be cuts uh, and there will be self-censorship because you're expecting those cuts. If you remember this summer when Oppenheimer released in India, uh, Universal Pictures reportedly themselves put a CGI black dress on the on an on an actress in the film uh, who had a nude scene because they knew that a nude scene will be cut by the Indian censors. So this is a great example of Indian self-censorship getting globalized. And well, meanwhile, the Indian government has introduced a new bill which once passed will regulate streamers via content evaluation committees. Looks like the fangs of censorship are about to get sharper. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was researched and written by Dhruv Sharma and Anoop Samewal. Edited by Roshni Nair. Produced by me, mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
we are the signal.co on instagram linkedin and twitter